0: This is the Recap, a review of the day's news in the Tri-State's area for Thursday, December 7, 2023. With Tri-State's Public Radio News, I'm Mike Murray. Illinois winters just don't get as cold as they used to. That's the conclusion of the USDA's latest plant hardiness map, which uses the average extreme minimum temperature of an area to determine which plants might thrive there. Trent Ford is the Illinois state climatologist. So as we continue to see our winters warm, as the models tell us that we will, it really paints this complicated picture of we should be able to grow different types of crops that may not have been able to be been grown 30, 40 years ago, but we may see some of those failures because of that variability. Much of central Illinois has shifted to a warmer hardiness zone since the last map was issued in 2012. Ford says the warming winters will complicate things for farmers and other growers. Illinois is adding 48 small businesses to the Illinois Made program. The initiative started in 2016 to promote locally owned businesses making authentic products that they say highlight the Illinois experience. Governor J.B. Pritzker says this round of businesses, or makers, is the largest and most diverse yet from popcorn to candles to hats to barbecue. Uh, The 2023 Illinois Made class is proof that ours is the best state for entrepreneurial innovation of all kinds. The class includes businesses from all corners of the state, including Lexington Betty Smokehouse in Chicago, Buzz Bomb Brewing in Springfield, and Crooked Creek Winery in Centralia. Nearly 300 businesses have been honored since Illinois Made began. Union home care and child care workers in Illinois are increasing pressure on the Pritzker administration as they negotiate for a new contract in hopes of getting higher wages and better benefits. Illinois Public Radio's Noah Jennings reports.
1: Members of the Service Employees International Union's Healthcare Illinois chapter are holding campaign-style rallies across the state, sharing stories of working in some instances up to 100 hours a week, and parents of children with disabilities spoke to the recent challenges they face. As the union says, the number of home child care workers in southern Illinois counties has been cut in half over the past decade. In addition to higher wages, the union wants retirement and better health benefits. The group hopes a new and improved contract will create an incentive for more people to get into the home and child care field, or as they put it, make care jobs good jobs. I'm Noah Jennings.
0: Tickets for next year's NASCAR street race through downtown Chicago are now on sale. Two-day general admission passes will once again be $269, and a single-day pass costs $150. New for next year, kids 12 and under can attend for free on Saturday and for $45 on Sunday for the main event. However, NASCAR says they are shortening both of the races to maximize daylight hours. This year's race weekend generated $109 million of economic activity, $4 shy of the city's original projection. State lawmakers in Iowa are discussing how to continue their work on improving access to child care. Iowa Public Radio's Katerina Sostaric reports. The Iowa legislature recently expanded eligibility for child care assistance for low-income families and boosted payments to providers. Democratic Representative Heather Matson of Ankeny says there have been a lot of good changes to state-funded child care assistance. But she says there's still a child care crisis and the state needs a paradigm shift.
1: The vast majority of families in this state, and in this country for that matter, right? They are not necessi- their families are not necessarily on child care assistance. But it is fundamentally unaffordable for almost all families.
0: Matson says the state needs to focus on stabilizing the child care workforce with higher wages and benefits. Republican Senator Jeff Edler of State Center says the GOP's gradual approach on child care issues gives Iowa taxpayers the best bang for their buck. I'm Katerina Sostaric, IPR News. A study recently released by the U.S. Department of Agriculture shows the population in rural areas is on the rise after a decade of decline. Harvest Public Media contributor Sheila Brummer reports on the outlook for the Midwest.
1: Brad Gable, a native of Los Angeles, has the perfect catchphrase for his bakery. Bringing big city taste to small town Iowa. Gable now lives in Orange City, a community of about 6,000 in a county that grew more than 6% in 10 years. That's an unusual gain, according to the USDA's John Cromerty. His research saw an uptick of a quarter of a percent from 2020 to 2022, mainly fueled by the COVID-19 pandemic.
0: That trend is more visible in the south, in the northeast, and in the west, and not as much in the Corn Belt and the Great
1: Plains. Cromerty says only parts of the rural Midwest saw gains. He predicts growth even after the pandemic due to people working from home. For Harvest Public Media, I'm Sheila Brummer.
0: An Iowa farm that grows food for local emergency food organizations is reporting record production. The five-acre operation at Johnson County Historic Poor Farm is a project of the Iowa Valley rc and It produced 40,000 pounds of fresh food this year despite ongoing drought conditions in 83 percent of Iowa. Organizers say the production increase is due in part to increased staffing this year. In today's feature, Heather mcelveen Newsad treasures libraries. For this week's Women's Voices commentary, she tells us about an invaluable collection that you can access at a Western Illinois library.
1: I grew up in a home with a library. It was located in the fancy front room that was reserved for special occasions like Thanksgiving and Christmas. The entire south wall was lined with bookshelves packed with books that flanked a huge fireplace that, when lit, chased away the damp. We lived a little over three and a half miles from town, and I would often beg to go to the little library in Frankfurt. The librarian, Susie Peterson, with her red hair and big smile, welcomed everyone into the small space. Before I took my first trip outside of the United States, books offered an expanded view of the world beyond that which I knew growing up in rural southern Ohio. Dr. Seuss taught me that the more you read, the more things you will know, the more you learn, the more places you will go. WIU is fortunate to have a special collection of books dedicated to expanding our worldview and introducing us to people and places we may never visit. It's called the Area Studies Research Center and Collections. The Area Studies Research Center and Collections is located on the fourth floor of the Malpass Library on the Macomb campus. The collection provides patrons access to physical and digital materials that promote a global perspective on issues, multicultural insights, cultural competence, research, and scholarship. The center houses collections on Hispanic, Latinx, and Caribbean studies, African and African diaspora studies, Asian-European studies, Middle Eastern studies, women, gender, and LGBTQIA studies, and the Illinois Regional Heritage Studies. In the Quad Cities, there's a collection focusing on anti-racism, intolerance, genocide, and Holocaust studies. The Area Studies Research Center and Collections strives to build unique and distinct collections that are enduring contributions to history and global understanding. The collections are open to the public and are a collaborative effort with the Library of Congress and the University of Puerto Rico Rio Piedras Library System. The collaboration with the University of Puerto Rico allows WIU to digitize rare materials related to the Caribbean, thus safeguarding them for future generations. In addition to the books, a large part of what makes the Area Studies Research Center and Collections Center special are the people who work there. Librarian Sol Valentin, a C.T. Vivian Scholar at WIU, is dedicated to developing and maintaining the Area Studies Collections with the help of graduate and undergraduate students from Afghanistan, Nigeria, Spain, and Mexico. As the library grows its area studies collections, it will continue to focus on the humanities, social sciences, and liberal arts. The goal is to provide access to physical and digital materials that promote a global perspective on multicultural insights, cultural competence, research, and scholarship. As our world becomes increasingly more diverse, it's crucial that the library is able to provide our faculty, students, and public with the resources they need to understand our changing world. In the middle of Forgotonia, we have a rare treasure. As Sidney Sheldon wrote, libraries store the energy that fuels the imagination. They open up windows to the world and inspire us to explore and achieve and contribute to improving our quality of life. Make Miss Peterson and all the librarians smile and stop by the WIU library soon and spend some time browsing through all it has to offer.
0: Heather mcelvain Newsad is a professor of anthropology at Western Illinois University. Her research focuses on collaborative action for sustainability. The opinions expressed are not necessarily those of the university or tri-state's public radio. Diverse viewpoints are welcomed and encouraged. In the weather for our listening area for today, sunny skies with a high in the low 60s, with southwest winds 10 to 15 miles an hour gusting as high as 20 miles an hour at times, And for tonight, it should be partly cloudy with a low in the mid-40s. For TSPR News, I'm Mike Murray. Tri-State's Public Radio is part of the NPR Network.